0: Welcome to Shipwreck Sunday, where we investigate disasters at sea and the impact that they have on the world today. My name is Eleanor, and here with me is my co-host, Eric. Hello. Today, we will be exploring the disappearance of the paddlewheel steamer, SS Pacific. Next week, in part two, we will talk about her sister ship that also tragically disappeared, SS Arctic. Before we dive in... We must inform you, the story does include details of a maritime disaster resulting in the assumed sinking of a vessel and death that may be disturbing to some audiences. Viewer discretion is advised.
1: Please note before we begin that neither Eleanor nor I are mariners or experts in the field of maritime history, but we have done our research and will present the information as we understand it and with accurate nautical terminology. In today's episode, we will be going off of the official known story for the Pacific, however her fate is still widely unknown. Before we get started, we will go over the basics of nautical terminology. The bow is the very front part of the ship, and the very back end of it is called the stern. The port side is the left, and the starboard side is the right. Propellers are sometimes referred to as screws, The hole is the metal sides of the ship, the keel is the very bottom of it, and the superstructure is the top deck, usually made of wood. Smokestacks or funnels are large tunnels on top of the ship used to direct steam and smoke away from the deck. Masts are large wooden poles on the deck of the ship, usually used to hoist sails or hold a crow's nest where crew members can see for miles around the vessel. Beam is a measurement that refers to the width of the ship.
0: Thanks, Derek. Our story begins in 1847 in New York City, New York. In 1847, the United States Congress granted a large subsidy to the New York and Liverpool United States Mail Steamship Company, known as the New York and Liverpool SSC, in order to regain their dominance on the seas. After the onset of the steamship in the 1840s, the United States lost their presence on the Atlantic and Europe began to take the lead. So, after receiving this subsidy, an American steam packet service was created in order to compete with the dominant Cunard line.
1: As the New York and Liverpool SCC scampered off with their subsidy in hand, they ordered four brand new ships from the Brown and Bell New York shipyard and established a brand new shipping line to manage them in the process, the Collins Line. The Collins Line ships were designed by marine architect George Steers to be larger, larger, faster and offer more accommodations to their passengers than what was seen on cunard line ships essentially this was the cockfight of the seas and the collins line came out swinging
0: you could definitely say that again derek ss pacific and her three sister ships ss atlantic ss arctic and SS baltic were all wooden sidewheel steamers pacific was 281 feet long and had a 45-foot beam and was built from yellow pine with her keel and frames being made of white oak and chestnut. As we know from other wooden ships we have covered, white oak is incredibly strong and durable and was very popular for shipbuilding. Pacific and her three sister ships all had a single smokestack, three square-rigged auxiliary sails, a flat main deck with two single-story cabins with one in the fore-deck and one in the aft deck, and straight stems. Stems are the most forward part of a boat or ship's bow and is an extension of the keel and is most often found on wooden boats or ships, but not exclusively. The ships were all painted black with a red stripe running the length of the ship and the smokestacks were painted the opposite of Cunard, a black stack with a red top. SS Pacific was powered by two side lever engines that could deliver speeds of 12 to 13 knots. Something interesting about the designs of these engines is that the running gear was built in such a way that if one engine failed, the remaining engine could continue to supply power to both of the side wheels. She was equipped with four tubular vertical boilers and a double row of furnaces in order to provide steam to the engines. She could accommodate 141 crew members, 200 first-class passengers, and 80 second-class passengers.
1: What about third-class passengers?
0: Oh, no, no, not on Pacific. This was strictly a luxury liner.
1: Well, how bougie. The accommodations for these high-class passengers were generous, spacious, and elaborately decorated. There were additional customer service accommodations aboard that had never been seen on the seas, a barber shop, a French maitre d' cuisine, and steam heating in the passenger cabins. Initially, only the 200 first-class passengers could be accommodated, but the 82nd-class passengers were added later. The ship's straight stems and high freeboards, or the distance between the waterline to the upper deck, provided steadier motion in the waves and protection from sea spray, adding to the luxury and comfort of these paddlewheel steamers. This luxury came at a large price tag, costing the Collins Line $700,000, which is roughly $27 million, in 2022
0: ss pacific was launched on february 1st 1849 and passed her sea trials on may 25th 1850 ss pacific left new york city for her maiden voyage to liverpool her entire career would be made on the New York City to Liverpool route. Between September 11th and 21st of 1850, SS Pacific made headlines when she broke the eastbound speed record across the Atlantic previously held by Cunard's Asia and took the coveted Blue riband. Just a reminder for everyone, the Blue ribboned is the award given to the ship with the fastest east or west transatlantic crossing. Pacific held this coveted title for less than a year when her sister, the SS Baltic, set the bar higher and took the award away from Pacific. She would again regain this title for a short amount of time with her eastbound crossing between May 10th and 20th of 1851, before her sister ship ss arctic would take the blue ribbon from ss
1: pacific ss pacific would add those 80 second class passenger accommodations in 1851 and in march of 1853 she would take part in the rescue of the crew of the jet jesse stevens which had foundered in the atlantic ocean a bark is a sailing vessel with three or more masts having mostly the fore and main masts Rigged square and only the mizzen rigged fore and aft. Sometime also in 1853, SS Pacific's mizzen mast was removed, presumably to reduce drag. This is unfortunately all the details on SS Pacific's career before her presumed sinking. We have reached the disappearance of SS Pacific. Just as a reminder to our listeners, what we are about to talk about does detail a maritime disaster resulting in the assumed sinking of a vessel and death that may be disturbing to some audiences. Your discretion is advised moving forward.
0: Thank you, Derek. On January 23rd, 1856, SS Pacific departed Liverpool for New York City carrying 45 passengers and 141 crew. The lack of passengers was to be expected for winter voyages, with colder weather and rougher seas turning off many passengers. She was captained by Yarmouth skipper and navigator of worldwide reputation, Captain Asa Eldridge, who was known for setting a transatlantic speed record in 1854 on the White Star Line Clipper Red Jacket from New York to Liverpool. Unfortunately for him and everyone else aboard, SS Pacific never arrived in New York City.
1: Other ships were dispatched to conduct a search, but as we all know, no trace of S.S. Pacific was ever found. Contemporaries of the time assumed she had probably struck an iceberg off of Newfoundland and foundered, similar to the Titanic disaster of 1912, as ice had been particularly bad that year. Another circumstance that made SS Pacific's journey more difficult was that Captain Eldridge and his chief engineer Samuel Matthews were both still pretty new to SS Pacific, having only made two round-trip voyages aboard the vessel, and this left some critics to blame their inexperience for the apparent loss of the ship.
0: But, as more recent accounts have proven, the two had considerable experience. Pacific was actually the fourth steamer Eldridge had commanded, while Matthews had a long career on other steamships with another Collins liner with identical engines and boilers to specifics. With another ship that disappeared and we previously discussed, SS Neuronic, there were many rumors and conspiracies about the disappearance, including rumors of messages in bottles. SS Pacific also had a similar rumors and rumblings. Author Wynne Craig Wade mentioned S.S. Pacific in his 1979 book, The Titanic, End of a Dream, stating, quote, The only clue in this instance had been a note in a bottle washed ashore on the west coast of the Hebrides. This bottled message allegedly said, On board the Pacific from Liverpool to NY. Ship going down. Confusion on board. Icebergs around us on every side. I know I cannot escape. I write the cause of our loss that friends may not live in suspense. The finder will please get it published. W. M. Graham.
1: Just like with the bottled messages involved with SS Neuronic, the bottled message found regarding SS Pacific has never been confirmed to have even existed. Although a British sea captain named William Graham was listed in the ship's manifold as a passenger who was on his way to New York as a passenger in order to take command of another vessel, as verified at the time by the London Shipping and Mercantile Gazette. However, despite the lack of solid evidence, it is still most likely that SS Pacific foundered near Newfoundland due to an iceberg.
0: Author Jim Coogan wrote an article to relate a claim by Stephen Fox that the SS Pacific had been found, stating, quote, In 1991, divers found the bow section of the SS Pacific in the Irish Sea only 60 miles from Liverpool. Other than the claim, there is no other confirmation of this find, nor is it found in any other book. That no wreckage from the lost ship came ashore along the coast of Wales in the aftermath of her disappearance would also make it unlikely that the ship foundered so close to Liverpool." End
1: quote. A recent book argues that the evidence used to identify the Welsh wreck as SS-specific is far from conclusive, and that without more evidence proving this wreck to be SS-specific, The alleged note in the bottle still provides the most likely explanation for the disappearance of the vessel. Recent dives of the Welsh wreckage supports the unlikelihood of this vessel being SS-specific, with brass plates, cast iron irons, and copper discs recovered from the wreck being identified as being created in 1865, 1863, and 1865 respectively. These plates and irons were all created almost 10 years after the disappearance of SS Pacific, making this wreckage impossible to be SS Pacific.
0: So just to be clear, SS Pacific has never been found or confirmed to have been found in any part of the Atlantic Ocean, and this even includes the more than likely resting place off of Newfoundland. SS Pacific's fate is still unknown. Even the Royal Commission on the Ancient and Historical Monuments of Wales has concluded that the wreckage in Wales is highly unlikely to be that of SS Pacific.
1: Eleanor, what do you personally think happened here? And just to remind everyone that neither Eleanor nor I are mariners or experts on maritime disasters, but we have done a lot of research into shipwrecks.
0: Thanks, Derek. Just based upon my limited knowledge gathered from researching shipwrecks and sinkings, I do have my own idea of what happened. I'm going to go ahead and assume that the message in the bottle found off of her brides is to be believed and that the ship foundered due to an iceberg. Although wooden vessels are strong and many, including Shackleton's Endurance, can be built to withstand ice, SS Pacific was not built the same way as Endurance. I'm going to take a bit of creative liberty here and assume they sighted the berg and attempted to avoid it similar to how Titanic attempted to avoid their berg. Regardless of port or starboard, SS Pacific would hit the berg and immediately begin listing to one side or the other. With the size of the ship, and depending upon where she struck the berg, we can safely assume she took between 20 to 40 minutes to founder, with this seeming to be the average for ships in similar situations. This doesn't discount the fact that many ships sink quickly, so the timing could have been much shorter or longer than my assumed range. With the confusion listed in the message in the bottle, However, I'm going to assume the shorter end of this range, around 10 to 20 minutes, and that there was not ample time or organization to get everyone into the lifeboats properly. There were no survivors or bodies recovered, so if anyone did make it into a lifeboat, they were lost at sea. The conditions would have been colder than when Titanic sank, so many likely would have perished due to hypothermia if they did not drown. Again, this is only my theory on how the sinking went and is not confirmed in any way, shape, or form. SS Pacific disappeared with all hands, including Bishop of Hartford, Connecticut, Bernard O'Reilly, who was returning to his diocese after an 1855 excursion to Europe. This episode hopes to commemorate the loss of every passenger and crew on board and to bring awareness to the disaster. Hopefully one day we know what happened to SS Pacific and everyone on board.
1: Thank you for tuning in to Shipwreck Sunday. If you like this episode and are listening on YouTube, please give us a like, leave us a comment, and subscribe to our channel. If you like this episode and are listening on Spotify, Samsung Podcasts, Amazon Music, or another podcast service, please subscribe for more content and leave us a five-star review as it does help us reach more listeners like you. Tune in next Sunday for the story of SS Arctic, the sister ship of SS Pacific that also disappeared. Don't forget to check out our sister podcast, Slasher Saturday.